Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. For today's episode, I'll be reading a passage from William Shakespeare's comedy, Twelfth Night. The plot of Twelfth Night at first sounds complicated and thus difficult and confusing, but it's really not. At the beginning of the play, a young woman, probably in her teens, comes ashore in the country of Illyria. The ship she was being carried on has sunk in a storm, and now she's alone, her brother having been lost. For her protection, she presents herself to the world as a boy. She finds a place as a servant to the Duke Orsino, with whom she falls in love. Her love faces two problems, though. The Duke believes she is a boy and thus pays her no attention. Even more of a problem, he is in love himself with a young woman named Olivia, who refuses to even see him or anyone else as she's in mourning for her brother. So Viola, whose part I'll be reading, is in love with someone, the Duke, who isn't interested in her, and the Duke is in love with someone, Olivia, who isn't interested in him. And soon Olivia will be in love with someone who isn't interested in her. That will be Viola, who visits Olivia in her disguise as a boy to plead with her the Duke's case. How can this work out? Well, it can't. Someone will have to be disappointed. It's possible all three will be disappointed. Certainly someone will have to have a change of heart to give up his or her hope for even two to find love. But who can say another must change his or her heart to please them? And even so, the third will be left out. But already I'm making the play confusing. Let's get back to the situation. Viola, disguised as a boy, visits Olivia to plead her master the Duke's case, though in doing so she is sacrificing her own hopes to fulfill her master's. Olivia isn't interested in the Duke's message, but she is interested in the Duke's messenger, Viola, with whom she immediately falls in love. After Viola leaves, Olivia instructs a servant to catch up with her, or him in her mind, and give her, him, a ring. The servant believes the ring was brought by Viola from the duke and does as he's instructed, telling Viola that his mistress doesn't want it. He then leaves Viola to ponder why Olivia has returned a ring she wasn't given. Got it? Good. Let's listen to Viola's thoughts. From Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare Viola I left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune forbid my outside have not charmed her. She made good view of me, indeed so much that sure methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak in starts distractedly. She loves me sure. The cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring? Why, he sent her none. I am the man. If it be so, as tis, poor lady, she were better love a dream. Disguise, I see thou art a wickedness wherein the pregnant enemy does much. 
How easy it is for the proper faults in women's waxen hearts to set their forms. For such as we are made, such we be. How will this fadge? My master loves her dearly, and I, poor monster, fond as much on him, and she, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will come of this? As I am a man, my state is hopeless for my master's love. As I am woman, now alas the day, what thriftless sighs shall poor Olivia breathe? O time, thou must untangle this, not I. It is too hard a knot for me to untie. There are so many good things here, beginning with individual lines, that immediately take their place in memory once they are understood. Poor lady, she were better love a dream. Disguise, I see thou art a wickedness. How easy it is for the proper faults, that is, for handsome but false men, and women's waxen hearts to set their forms. For such as we are made, such we be. And I, poor monster. Monster originally meant a single creature that combines two different creatures. In Viola's case, she feels herself to be a monster because she is both woman and man. How swiftly do these individual lines embody profound human situations and problems? Olivia loves someone who isn't what Olivia thinks she is, and who cannot return her love. She were better love a dream. Everyone who sees or reads Shakespeare, there is a time when we love mistakenly and fruitlessly, when we would be better off just loving a dream. And how many, whether girl or woman or boy or man, let someone false set their imprint on our waxen hearts. We can't help it. Such we are made. Not only Olivia alone is in this situation, so too is Viola herself. And so too is Duke Orsino. How will this fadge, that is, how will this all work out positively for all who deserve well? One of the pleasures of Shakespearean comedy is the security we have of knowing that it will somehow fadge, that life does work out after all. Our delight is in finding out how. But this goes beyond our passage today. For now, let's enjoy again just this passage for its tenderness, for its humanity, and for its swift abundance. From Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare Viola I left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune forbid my outside have not charmed her. She made good view of me, indeed so much that sure methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak in starts distractedly. She loves me sure. The cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring? Why, he sent her none. I am the man. If it be so, as tis, poor lady, she were better love a dream. Disguise, I see thou art a wickedness, wherein the pregnant enemy does much. How easy it is for the proper faults in women's waxen hearts to set their forms. For such as we are made, such we be. How will this fadge? 
My master loves her dearly, and I, poor monster, fond as much on him, and she, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will become of this? As I am a man, my state is hopeless for my master's love. As I am woman, now alas the day, what thriftless sighs shall poor Olivia breathe? O time, thou must untangle this, not I. It is too hard a knot for me to untie. Once we open ourselves to Shakespeare's genius and begin to take it in in all its fullness, there is much to astonish us. One thing that always astonishes me, considering how full and how rich Shakespeare's plays are when we study them closely, is the fact that he had no thought of them being studied at all. He wrote for the stage, where all this richness would come and go as swiftly as a carriage goes by. True, you could go a second time, and a third and more, if you wish to take in more of what passes so swiftly. And Shakespeare, being a part owner of the company for which he wrote, no doubt hoped you would. But he took no role himself in seeing his plays published, in preserving anything he did for posterity. All we have are pirated editions, copied out from actors' prompt books, or even from the memories of the actors themselves by publishers hoping to make some money off Shakespeare's fame. It boggles my mind. I hope you enjoyed this passage from Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, and that you will join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.